Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. How y'all feeling? Summer 23? Come on. Look at all you hungry people. Wednesday night, miércoles, they say in Spanish. How many are ready for something good to happen to your life tonight? How many of you need something good to happen in your life tonight? You just don't hope it falls out. Come on, you need something to happen big. God's got something really big for every person in this room tonight. Something special is going to happen. It's going to happen for you. Put your hand on your heart just for a minute. Say, God, I thank you that something special is going to happen for me. I thank you that my best days are in front of me and you're working in me big time. Thank you for miracles in motion. In Jesus' name. Someone say, in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Hug it out with somebody. Hug it out with somebody and then you can be seated. I'm going to jump right in. Pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. I came to win. It's definitely not a sin. He's Dr. Seuss. <laughs> oh my goodness, so happy to be with you all tonight. For everybody's watching online, can we give it up for all of our online audience? <laughs> Pastor Becky and John, you guys were talking about people from where, Bahrain? How dope is that? That should sound like a fun word to say in the summer. That's dope. Uh, oh, my goodness. And from all these different countries, isn't it awesome to be a part of a local church that has a global movement that we're impacting the world? We're not just impacting San Diego. We're impacting America. Um, places I go in business, places I go. I was even doing a thing recently uh, on TV uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, doing a show with all of the CNN producers, kind of wild. And uh, I know, don't freak out. And they were sitting there go, hey, you speak at that church, huh? And they go, and I go, which one? And they go, that big thing down in San Diego that's got all that energy. People know about y'all, man. How many pastors, John, I've told you this privately, how many pastors I've gone to, Ben, we were in Minnesota with me, we were in different states, and they always go, hey, you're friends with that guy, Jurgen guy, huh, that, the cool surfer looking guy? I go, I am, he's my friend, but he's also my pastor. He's my pastor, my wife and I, my daughter, he's our pastor, I know you don't see us maybe once every three months, but, uh, He's our pastor. This is our, our home. We, we planted because planted people flourish. Seed that doesn't take root never grows. If you're always skipping around, church hopping, trying to find the next thing, you're waiting for a move of God, and maybe you are the move of God. But if you don't ever get planted, you never flourish. So the fruit in here is really powerful, but I love it how many pastors would always say, 
hey, you know what? Those pastors, the Jurgen and Leanne, and they'd always call them Jurgen. I go, I know that's the best way to say it. Just call them Jur, Jurgen. And they said, you know what's amazing is they gave us so much courage on how to stand up and have a backbone. And things we knew in our heart were right. They gave us permission to believe and go for it. And it's interesting to watch their churches flourish. And some, there was a pastor that started a church in a really tough area that had so much oppression, and yet he watched what we did here within our local churches and said, if they can do it, I can do it. Everybody was against him. 600 people in two years, a guy in the middle of Minnesota, and he was watching. Never met anybody in our church. All he knew was, if they could do it, God could help me do it here. Isn't that cool to be a part of something like that? Uh, before I start tonight, uh, I want to say, Summer, your dad here, Pastor Mark, incredible minister, speaker all over the world. Can you stand up tonight? I don't know how to mess up your last name, so forgive me. How do I say it? Sonder Hawk. Sonder Hawk. Like I said, Sonder Hawk. What a great man of God. He's made a difference all over the world, speaking to people how to live the Jesus style. And can we give him another honor? Just give him a clap. I won't recognize a lot of people tonight, but him, I want to do. John and Becky, your pastors are through the roof. Give them a big old clap. I love them. They're good people. You find out a lot of peop about people when you've ever gone on vacation with them, and I went on vacation with them. And man, you have amazing people that really care. I've seen a lot of talented and a lot of gifted people, but I, you don't always find a lot of people that care. And I love that. Secretariat, the great horse. You can watch Dakota Fanning in the film with Jeff Bridges. Undersized horse. But what they found was how did that little horse have so many championships? Its heart was double the size of every other thoroughbred. And I love that about your pastors. Their heart is so big to want to see you rise up and do big things and be everything that God wants you to be. Give your pastors a big old clap. All right. I'm going to speak and I'm going to pray. Before we go, can we give the worship team a big old clap and then I'm, you guys can sit down. All right. Get, you guys can sit down if you want to and if you want to just hang out. You're, oh, you look great, man. You look great. Something really, really special is going to happen for you. Um, if you allow me to go out there in a little bit of a gift that God works through me, his gifts are his love language. That's why he put them in the New Testament. You don't need gifts of the Spirit when you get to heaven because you'll know everything. You won't need to get healed because you'll have total health. Aren't you glad that God put gifts in the church so we can use them? Gifts don't make you mature. When you see gifting, it doesn't mean I'm a mature person. How I treat people makes me mature. If I have integrity, that's maturity. Don't let gifting fool you. Gifting's to improve other people. It's not for my gain. It's for your good. I like to say that because there's a lot of people that like flash, but they don't know what went into that to be able to develop a gift. But it's the heart that uses it that determines how well it goes. I want to be the kind of person that can carry what God puts on me. Anybody want to be that kind of a person? I like to instruct as I talk, but uh, watch for September 28th through October 13th. God's going to open up in a really effectual door. Wouldn't it shock me if that's around the 2nd of October? And the Lord's going to open a really, really great opportunity for you. And he's going to make some things up to you over the last couple years. 
I see a financial, a financial recompense that's going to come to you. A thing financially, funds are going to be restored back to you. There was an opportunity that was botched during the season of the whole COVID excitement and the riot season in the world. And God's going to restore this opportunity to you, and he's going to release funds in your life, and you're going to see his goodness in this. And also watch as the presence of God becomes very, very strong over you and your home. There's going to be a very special, almost like a mother eagle would be to like small, you're going to feel a strength that you've not felt in your heart, your mind, and your body. God's about to take you places that are not familiar in your nest, and he's going to allow you to catch a thermal wind, a wind of his spirit. He's going to allow you to go places in him that are going to be able to really impact your soul and even minister to you at depths of things that he wants to heal from years ago that God's going to bring into your world, for you're his special daughter. He's very, very proud of you. He's proud of what you've overcome and what you fought through. And yes, keys are in your hand. Even as keys are in your hand currently, there's also keys by the Spirit that even as you play, even as you play and communicate the depression that you defeated in the dark, God says you'll begin to see that fall off people in the light. People that are clinically depressed, people that are going through neurological challenges and injuries, I will supernaturally heal them even as you play and even as you extend your hand in my name. Watch as I come behind this word and fulfill it before your very eyeballs. This is a good season for you. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. That's cool. I like that. I like that. John Heinrich, stand up for a minute. I'll get to my speech. The Lord's going to stretch you because you've asked for a demonstration that you've not had in your life. But the words of knowledge that are about to come to you, God's going to use those words of knowledge to bring people into the favor of his restoration and his healing. But those words are going to really, really stretch you because you have a normal vein, but he's going to take you into a new place that's going to expand you. And you're also going to begin to educate and empower other people as he's teaching you in this thing. You're going to begin to teach and empower other people and equip people to walk in this very thing. For watch as I sharpen this sword in your hand. This is the thing that you've asked of me. Yes, I'll stretch you in it even these next two and a half months. Watch as I begin to give you really clear words. Press in and you'll say, man, I sure hope I got that one right. But as you step out on the waters, know that I'll meet you and I'll confirm this very thing to you, says the Lord. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. That's awesome. Oh, is there a Chris here? A Chris? A Chris? A Chris. There you are. Do you spell it K-R-I-S? C-H-R? C-H-R-I-S? Oh, perfect. I was praying earlier today, and God started talking to me about you behind your back. Isn't that cool? He says, ask of me, and I'll show you great and mighty things you don't know. Most of us just use all of our prayer time to yell at God and tell him what we don't like and what we need and how fast he needs to do it. Why don't you ask him what he's thinking about? Conversation, come on. You're as close to God as you want to be. How many know that's true? But I will say this to you because it's so powerful. I haven't forgotten you. You're on my mind, Chris. You'll see my prayer's presence clear the matters that have been constant thorns and pricks that have afflicted you and pricked you over the last five years. 
there will be a departure of the old and a shedding of old and an establishment of new. But things that have been internal things that have afflicted you, you're going to find very, very swiftly a shift in those whole things. There's going to come an end to that where it's not going to be like I relapsed and went back to a darker place. But God is lifting that today off you and off your mind just because he's thought about you and he was speaking about you. Isn't that awesome that even though he knows these last five years, it started in 2018, probably around November, November 18th, where there were some heavy things that you went through relationally and emotionally, and God is redeeming the very matter in your own heart and your mind. He's etch-a-sketching it. He's going to take the sting out of that memory so that you can enjoy being Chris and who you really meant to be. Why don't I give the Lord a clap and a shout? That's awesome. Come on. That's really, really cool. All right. I'll get into my message. and I'll... I will say there's somebody with a wrist. You're in an accident of some sort in your wrist. Whose wrist? Miss your wrist? What's wrong with your wrist? A snowboarding accident? It didn't heal. Did you have surgery on it? Okay. Can you stand up? Okay. Why don't you, uh, why don't you come down to the front like if it was like on a game show? I'm not Drew Carey. I'm not Steve Harvey. I know I look a lot like Steve. I like she just came all the way to the front. She didn't even care. Why do you pray for people? Because they care. This isn't really always part of the job description of modern day preachers. What do they do? They speak and then they go and they leave. But Jesus, he preached and practiced miracles. And if I, we should be following the Jesus pattern, right? He's our faith. Should we do what Jesus did? Don't let theological teachers tell you he's a God that I was and not the God that is the I am. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And don't, make, don't let tradition make the word of God of no effect in your life. Let's do what the word says we can do. We can lay hands on hurting people and they shall recover. We say, well, the battle's the Lord. Yeah, but the fight is yours. If you don't fight for anybody, you won't see him win the battles for people. Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, you're going to feel a warmth go through that whole area. Go into that tendon and that ligament. I pray that you creative miracle healing right now would flow through her wrist. Every bit of inflammation would be removed. Every bit of pain would go. And I pray that you would restore health to her mortal body right now. Boom, flow through her body. I thank you for healing and restoration. Also command the tunnel that are closed to open and blood to flow in those areas and the sting to be healed in Jesus' name. You feel that warmth in there? Isn't that trippy? Okay, watch how cool this is going to be. Okay, move your wrist. Look for healing. What's the difference? I just don't feel like restriction and like the pain where it was. Where, happened? where did it go? <laughs> for reals? Squeeze my hand. Isn't that trippy? You didn't expect. Yeah. You'll have to do that with somebody else after the service. But aren't you glad you came tonight? And plus, you got a cool jean jacket on. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. That's cool. Okay, Rex, be good for all the people online. Speak your message. And I'm going to tell you, I'll do very, very quickly tonight. First Samuel chapter 30, if you're going there. And the title is, it's something that I felt back a couple of weeks ago. It's, like, it's, a, it's a very cliche-ish title. And it's called The Comeback. 
I was walking by the side of my bed and I felt like God say to me, I told my wife right after I said, I feel like this is going to be a season over these next three months where God's just going to restore to people things that was lost, things that people gave away over the last three years of what's happened in COVID, there would be a supernatural. Listen to me, I'm not just, I'm not trying just to mince words. Pay attention to this for a minute. Supernatural recovery would take place in these next three months. It should take you a lot longer in your natural mind. It's not going to be natural. Don't look to the natural and get the supernatural. You can't get an FM radio station on an AM dial. Sometimes you got to shift your focus to the God. With man, it's impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. Come on. All things are possible to him or her who believes. Come on, I think it's time to believe again. Some of you are going to get jobs back. You're going to get money back. You're going to get funds back. Opportunity is going to be redeemed for you. Some of you are going to get health back. You're going to get relationships back. There's many people in here over the next 25 minutes that you've been in perpetual sadness. There's been a spirit of sadness, not an emotion of sadness, a spiritual attack to make you feel sad about your life and sad about you, where you loathe you and you wish you was somebody else. And tonight, the spirit of Jesus, he's the only liberator. For freedom, he came. His spirit will break sadness off of people. If you felt like, man, life's going way too slow, I've been in a lot of pain, tonight's a comeback for you. Something big is going to happen. Don't be a passive person that says, oh, man, I just, we'll see if God really does it. No, 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 no. I hope, pray that no matter where you are in your walk of faith, whether you're young, whether you're old, tonight you're going to grab a hold of it. And I encourage you as I begin to speak this, Psalm 126 in the Amplified Bible, you will begin to declare that over your family, over your life every day. It says, we were like those that dreamed a dream that seemed so unreal. When God turned our captivity, it seemed so unreal. It was like a dream come true. Wouldn't that be awesome if you had like a next three months of your life where your faith wasn't just praying and begging God and trying to convince him to go big, but you used your faith to actually, come on, take back things that you lost, things you gave away. Come on, things that the devil stole. Come on, somebody's going to get their health back in here. Somebody's going to get their peace back in here. Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Somebody's going to have a breakthrough. Somebody's going to build a business. Somebody's going to be an awesome mom and dad. Somebody's going to be an awesome uncle and aunt. First Samuel chapter 30, it's on the left-hand side, go there. And I'll read out of, I'll read a couple verses. I'll start with verse 1, and I'll go just to, uh, I'll go to 8, and then I'll drop down to 17. I'll go fast, okay? I'll go to the Amplified. Now when David and his men came home to Ziklag on the third day, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid on them and attacked their home, Ziklag, and burned it with fire. They take their women their wives, their kids captive, carried them away. There was nothing left. So David and his men came to the town and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives, their kids, all daughters, sons, they were all taken to be slaves. David and his men lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. That's the dude that knocked out freaking Goliath. You ever been there in your life where you like wept out of your soul? 
because you know the life that you're capable of living is not what equals your reality? You ever felt like and surveyed your land and surveyed your finances and surveyed your friends or surveyed your marriage or surveyed your hopes and dreams and you found ashes and it left you in a place till you wept till you had no more power to weep? Have you ever cried your guts out? I have. Maybe that's why Jesus was a great healer because he understood the sufferer. He knew what it was like to suffer. Come on. Some of you know what it's like to go through pain. Some of you know what it's like to suffer. Some of you know what it's like to go through misery. And the enemy would do nothing more than like you to curse it and rehearse it. Why? Because that's where he has. He wants you to become paralyzed by your pain, trapped by your trauma. But there's something in faith that allows you to break out and not become paralyzed by it, not live poisoned by it, but allows your pain to become power that says, you know what, if God got me through this, I can help somebody else out. Maybe that's why some of the great things that we do in our recovery, past, come on, Pastor Morgan and all that team, I love that because they know what it's like to be bound and they didn't forget what God got them out of. And if God got them out, he can get somebody else out through me. Maybe that's what God's trying to remind you of. Think of all the things. You think of all the things you still got to conquer. But what about all the things you've already overcome? What about all the thoughts? What about all the nights about going crazy? What about all the infidelity? What about all the inferiority? What about all the illness you've overcome? You're alive in the summer of 23. The devil would have destroyed you if he could. He couldn't keep you down because the seed of the righteous cannot be removed. On the inside of you is a greater one, and the enemy did not let you be destroyed. He gave you victory where there was trauma. Come on. Somebody give the Lord a clap and a shout. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a miracle. You had no idea you were sitting next to a miracle tonight. I'm God's favorite miracle. Slap another person next to you. Say, I'm God's miracle. If you only knew the stuff that I came out of. Some of you used to sit next to old angry people, old bitter people, old diseased people. Come on, old broke people, old perverse people, old angry people, old fearful people. That's where they came in, but that's not the way they are now. If any man is in Christ, oh, this is good. You like this. So David wept till he got no more power to weep. David's two wives had been taken captive. Man, that's a lot of responsibility. All I'm saying, come on. I got one and I love her and she's passionate. I don't want no one else. Come on, somebody. There's a fad that that goes on in some church circles where there's pastors with two wives. I know some of the people don't buy into it. That's not what we're living in anymore, okay? Don't let culture talk you out of the kingdom. That was good right there. I like that. I said it. I was like, hmm, that was good. So he says he let, he was, there's wives were taken captive and his kids. David was greatly distressed because the men started speaking of stoning him, his own guys. Because the soul of all of them were bitter and grieved. Isn't it true when you get bothered, when you get hurt? Come on, you want to talk. Yeah. 
you want to get critical on the people sometimes that were able to actually help you. Each man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself or strengthened himself in the Lord his God. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Verse 7, David said to the priest, Abiathar, hey, can you bring me the ephod? And he brought it to him. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? And the Lord said, pursue, you will surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Someone needs to get that in their spirit. Pursue, you will surely, come on. That God surely is not like our surely, our certainly, come on. We tell someone we're going to be there at 7, we show up at 7.15. Come on. You say you're going to do something and, oh, man, I just got busy. God ain't like that. His certainly, he stands behind it. He's not a man that would lie. That's why I encourage you to build your life on the word of God, not your feelings. Faith isn't in how you feel. Come on, it's based on what God said. First Kings 8, 56, there's not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised out of the mouth of, that it came out of his mouth. Jeremiah 1, 12, God's alert, active, watching over his word to perform it. Come on, his word doesn't return void, Isaiah 55, 11. His word is forever settled in heaven. Come on. Why do you say that? Because you want to build it on what God said. He said, certainly you will overtake and without fail recover all. Verse 9, so David pursued, went with 600 of his army guys, and they came to this brook called Besser. I'm going to go the whole thing. Verse 17, verse 16, when David came down, he saw all the raiders, and they were spread abroad, the raiders. Come on, somebody. Eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil they had taken from the land of Philistines and the land of Judah. That's David's people. And David attacked them from twilight to the evening of the next day, not one of them escaped. And David, verse 18, he recovered all. Someone say, recover all. I'm going to go quickly here. David is in a crisis point, midlife crisis, if you will. He was anointed as a young guy that he would one day be king. He'd had two anointings over certain areas. He'd knocked out giants and had some really big success. Wouldn't you say that's true? Anybody that knocked out Goliath, and I love why he knocked out Goliath. Notice he took five stones when there's only one giant. Why? Because Goliath had four brothers. He was so confident that when he was going to knock out one, he would knock out the other four with one shot. You don't become good by accident. Greatness don't go on sale. David was working something on the left to become big on the something right. Make sure you're working your land. Come on, because a skilled person stands before kings. Your rewards aren't just going to come down. Sometimes you got to build development and build some skill into your talent. Talent is God-given. Talent without skill will fail you. He's anointed, and he hasn't reached where he's ultimately promised that God said he would show up. And he finds himself in a place now where he comes to a scene of devastation. He's the leader of this people. And he brought his people home after traveling 60 miles on horses. That's a long way. He comes home, and it's a scene of devastation. They see loss. They see everything taken from them. Come on. As a leader, it's his responsibility. See, some of your leadership is why, you're, many of you, that's why you're under such a heavy attack. It's not just you. It's what you represent and who's looking at you. 
Because the enemy knows if he could take you out, man, at the house, come on, dad at the house, if he can get you hooked, come on, if he can get you, mom, hooked on, a, in a, on alcohol in the closet, come on, somebody, if he can get the kid, then he can mess up the kids, he can mess up the family. Maybe it's your leadership that's made you such a tough target. Sometimes I've asked God, like, why have I gone through some hard things? Because sometimes it's all the people that are waiting for you and representing the enemy knows if he can stop you, he'll keep all those other people from getting breakthroughs, hope, and healing. Sometimes it's not just about you. Hey, by the way, that's been very, very helpful. Sometimes when you're under attack, if you recognize, oh, this isn't just to stop me. I'm about to bring change to somebody. I'm going to bring a solution to somebody. I'm going to heal somebody. I'm going to lift something. It takes the eyes off you and being victimized. Don't live with a mentality that you got a big devil and a small God. Many of you misdiagnose the devil. You talk so much about the devil, you don't talk that great about God. The devil's bigger in your eyes than Jesus is in your eyes. I don't got a small Jesus. I got a big Jesus and a small devil. I got a small defeated devil. I got a big Jesus. Hopefully you magnify Jesus. We pay too much attention sometimes to the enemy. Jesus said don't fight him. He said cast him out. Maybe that's why you're struggling so bad. You're trying to fight the enemy. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell you to fight for the enemy. It says fight for your faith. He says, cast out the devil. Don't fight the devil. Cast him out. Ooh, somebody needs to know that. Come on. Some of you got to get a little bit aggressive with your spiritual adversaries. It's like waking up in the middle of the night with too many covers on. Come on. And you start kicking and moving. Come on. You get in a fight with Calvin Klein sheets. Anybody ever been there? You get all claustrophobic in the middle of the night. It's like you fighting Freddy Krueger. Come on, somebody. Hell no. Come on, somebody. You just start pushing stuff around. Some of you ought to be that aggressive with your spiritual adversaries. You fight Bed Bath and Beyond and Calvin Klein more than you fight the enemy. You cast off sheets, but you don't know how to cast him out. Therefore, he stays. You want someone to pray the weight off you. No, he gave you power. If you can't exercise power, come on, over an Oreo cookie, how are you going to drive out a legion? That was good. I ain't going to lie. That was a good one. I feel pretty proud about myself right there. How am I doing on time? Okay. Watch this. They get there. David, it's his fault, his choice. When you have defeats, reversals, or setbacks in your life, come on, they come for three reasons. Unexpected circumstances. Other people make choices, and we fall victim to those circumstances. Somebody leaves. Somebody runs a red light. Come on, somebody. Somebody broke into your home. Somebody victimized you. Come on. I knew a woman that I was a part of her life. You can go study her story online. Ann Hill Jill. She was just mountain biking, and a lion attacked her in Mission Viejo, California, and ripped her face off. I was speaking at the, the church was connected to the hospital that night. Never met her before. And I got out of the church, out of my car to go into the church. And there was a man shaking at his arm in his pocket and he's shaking. I'm a little bit like, oh, snap, the devil sent somebody. Because I've had a couple of people try to punch me. When you're praying for people, isn't that weird? That's when the enemy starts messing with you. They don't care when I speak, it's when you go to pray. 
Isn't that crazy? And so when I go, I go, are you okay? And I got out of the car, and I'm sitting there going, okay, here's what I'm going to do because there's nobody else around. I didn't have nobody traveling with me at that night. So I'm thinking, okay, here's what I'm going to do. When he comes close, I'm going to knee him where it hurts. Come on, somebody. Punch him with my forearm, run inside and preach the gospel. Come on, somebody. Strategy. I ain't stupid. Come on, somebody. I don't receive no stupid spirit. Come on, I'm wise. I go, and he goes, help. I go, what's up? I'm planned already. He goes, my wife was just mauled by a lion. And I think, yeah, right. Who says that in the middle of Orange County, California? Yeah, a lion jumped out and mauled my wife today. You all right? Are you on something? Found out, sure enough, it was his wife, and she, he saw his wife of only three months, her whole face ripped off. They said she was going to die, and they didn't expect her to live. He didn't know where to go. He saw a picture on the side of the church, and it was my pink face. And he, was, and he saw me get out of the car, and right there, I remember, he didn't order that off the menu, but yet it arrived at his table. It was a setback and a defeat. But what was amazing right there, God gave me access and he let me see what was happening. And I told him what was happening with the doctors, what would happen that night and the surgery and what would take place. It saved her freaking life where God saved her life. It's been on all the news channels, USA Today, People Magazine. Jesus intervened and changed it. No matter even if that happened. But they also happened because there is spiritual opposition. The Bible says you battle not against flesh and blood but against spirits of wickedness. The scripture says in the last time there will be fierce times. Have you not recognized that things are at an all-time high? It's not just stupid politicians with their ideas. They're being driven by a spiritual entity. For someone to say yesterday in California that touching a child and stealing your kid is a, not a felony but a misdemeanor? Have we lost our freaking mind? It's insanity. You know where that's coming from. Because the enemy always wants to steal our children and stop the next generation and stop your seed from flourishing in the earth. Aren't you glad that you're a part of a house that declares God's word that says your children shall be mighty in the land? If you declare that, my children, my grandchildren shall be, shall be. My kids ain't going to be weak morally. My children aren't going to be weak spiritually. They're going to be strong. Strong physically. Strong in character. Strong in purity. Strong in faith. Strong in hope. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Come on. Sit down. Slap the person next to you say he's on. can handle seven more. Watch this. They have because of spiritual wickedness that comes to attack people. But they also usually have because of bad choices. When our choice creates our challenge, we sowed the wind, we reap the whirlwind. Ask any therapist, ask any counselor. Many people feel they should be buried under the decisions and the weight of bad decisions. They start to forget that Man, maybe a happy ending's not possible. Have you ever been there where your own choice created your own challenge? And you got to face yourself? I know denial's better. We used to like to go numb that right away because no one wants to face ourselves. But the Bible says if we cover our sin, we don't prosper. 
but if we confess and acknowledge it, that there's mercy there to heal it. You can't heal what you always constantly conceal. Maybe that's why the enemy loves it when we hide our stuff, not take responsibility. What I found about people that lead their life and not lease their life, they take responsibility not just for the good, but even when they miss it, even when they fail, even when they, and let me say, because you fail doesn't mean you're a failure. There's people that fail backward and there's people that fail forward. Learn your lesson. Don't let the failure define you. In fact, failure can't even happen without your permission. Have you ever been there? David finds himself at a place. They're viewing this land. And they're viewing it and they're saying, there's no way our, our families are gone. They could have thought maybe their ashes burning in front of them. Now his people turned on him. He's got a choice to become attached to the pain, attached to the setback, attached to the defeat, attached to the misfortune, or to run to God. He can become glued to what happened to him, or he can grow. He had an option, run to the shelter or a shelter. Run to a comfort or run to the comforter. Run to a refuge or run to the refuge. How many know you have a choice? Come on. Sometimes it hurts to run to God, especially when your own choice creates the pain. You know it was your sin. It hurts to run to the bright light of God's presence when you already know he sees everything because you've been used to parents that punished you and you don't know you're about to run into the arms of a loving father that was merciful. He's forgiving. He's kind. And he doesn't treat you the way you deserve. We have an orphan spirit in America. We don't know what it's like to have a father to bear his name. When you ask Christ to come into you, you became a son and a daughter. He doesn't disown you when your own choices make a mess of stuff. He goes into recovery mode. Come on. Just like the father of the prodigal son. He's already planning a party. He's already planning opportunity. He's already planning the comeback. As a friend of mine used to say, when you're feeling the sting of your setback, God has already orchestrated your comeback plan. He's got one for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. Soft, soft, soft. I know the thoughts I think towards you are for good, not for evil. Man, God's thinking about you. The scripture says in Isaiah, he's got tattoos of you. How dope is that? God got tattoos of you on his hand. Can I take a little off skirt real quick and just show you how cool this is? You and me was in the middle of, I haven't told a story in a long time. I was in the middle of Beverly, Hollywood in the middle of the night and some years back. And I went into Mark Malone's and Shamrock's tattoo. He did Tupac to Janet Jackson. When we went in there, Janet was just leaving. We went in there, and I went to support a friend. He was getting a tattoo, and he marks a six- to eight-month waiting list to get in. He's awesome. He's a great guy. Blue, slick back hair, alligator shoes. Come on. Hey, far out. He's that guy. He has his private room and 10 people that work for him in the front. We're in the back, and he's doing a tattoo, and I go, hey, I go, Mark, have you ever heard that God's got tattoos? He goes, ah, B.S. No, no, no. I go, for, I know for real, God's got tattoos. You're for real, huh? I go, yeah, the scripture says he's got tattoos of you on his hand and he can't get you off his mind and he's never thought a bad thought about you. He goes, you're for reals. I go, let me shock you. I said, Jesus has got a tattoo as well. And the guy that was getting the tattoos like, dude, don't make him mess up on my leg. <laughs> I go, it's engraved on his left thigh. He's a king of kings and he's a lord of lords. It wasn't done by a crayon. 
That means in his eyes, you're supposed to be royalty and you're supposed to dominate stuff. He goes, are you sure? He goes, do you got a Bible? I go, Ben, go get a Bible. He went and got a Bible. I had one in the trunk. He went and got one. They brought everybody in the whole entire tattoo shop on Sunset Boulevard. Two in the morning, true story. Alcohol, naked people, everybody hanging over me. And I opened up the scripture. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that from the pulpit, but it is what it is. What it was. I've been in a lot of crazy places. I spoke in Suge Knight's house. Come on, somebody. Crazy. Spoke at Eddie Murphy's house. Freaking crazy. I opened the Bible and I started sharing the scriptures. And all these people were sitting there with their joints and everything else they had in their hands. Like, dude, Jesus is a gangster. God thought that about me. He's got that kind of a thought toward me. And then the guy goes, can I just give you a tattoo tonight? I'll just hook you up with anything you want. I go, I feel led to take it. <laughs> I got to remember what arm. So he, did, he did one on my arm with my favorite scripture. And he did one. But while he was doing it, I go, I go, isn't that amazing God's thoughts? And he's doing the tattoo. And he starts to cry. He goes, I never knew I had that much value in God's eyes. He goes, let me tell you about your future and the way he sees your future. And I started telling him about his life and future in all this hellion junk all, everywhere. It was a bad atmosphere. Everything around was a bad atmosphere, but within me was a good atmosphere. You and Jesus are the majority. Don't get nervous that you work with coworkers that are off. If they're not born again, they're probably off. And if they're safe, some of them are still off. Don't let their spirit dominate your spirit. Build your spirit. You reign your turf. Come on. You rule your day. You run your atmosphere. We're going to run this town tonight. Thank you, Rihanna, for that insight. He started to weep all over my arm. His blood's coming off my arm with a needle in it. He starts weeping, and I led him and his family to Christ. He goes, I didn't know that God had plans for me. God has a comeback plan for you. Someone say me. Touch the person next to you. Say he's talking about me. Watch us quick. We're going to go quick. It's good, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. A hope. David's sitting there. He runs to God. Everybody else ran to each other and started complaining. Be careful that when you're in pain, you don't go run around other people in pain and becoming critical and cut yourself off from your very help. It's easy to get into circles and church and business and start complaining and griping about, I don't like this about my job. I don't like this about the church. I wish they would do this. It's easy to become critical. Don't take on the spirit of the enemy in your life. He's an accuser. He's a slanderer. He's a defamer. And the Bible says if you walk in that, you can't walk in the spirit. Your blessings are in the spirit. If you walk in the flesh, you can't get the blessings that are in the spirit. Don't let it contain. If someone's around you and they're that way and they want that kind of mediocrity in their life, you got to move on, baby. You got to move on. I'm guarding my spirit. I don't got that in my mind. Don't put your venom in my soul. I don't want that. I don't want your hell in my, don't put your pain in me. I don't want to see them that way. I want to see them with a 10 on their head. I want to see the beauty in them, not the ash on them. I want to see the healing on them, not the infirmity on them. I want to see the glory on them, not their shame, not their path. I don't care what they did. The blood of Jesus made some new. And the Bible says, don't regard other people according to who they used to be. 
You have no right to go ahead in somebody's past. Come on. Don't be a, don't, don't join the, the, the vulture culture out there. Don't join no vulture culture out there that's just feeding on people's trash. It won't be long before they turn on you because what you sow is what you reap. Rex, did you hear that they were talking this about you? Did you hear that they didn't like that when you moved so fast on the stage? Did you hear that when you said that one word and they thought that was bad? No, no, I'm not paying attention to that. I'm a work in progress. I'm abiding in the vine. And I have people in my life that speak to me and speak truth to me. And I let them do it. Because I have blind spots just like you. Come on. I just don't let blind people proofread my vision. David runs to God, and he begins to strengthen himself in God. He runs to God. Watch. He runs to God. He says, God, I want to I go after. I want to get what's lost back. What's the thing that's lost in your life that I need to get back? Maybe it's your momentum. Maybe it's your prayer life. Maybe it's your passion for your children. Maybe it's your passion for your calling. Maybe it's the anointing on your life. Maybe you mishandled God's power on your life, and you find yourself now where that power's not operating, and you want to get it back. Come on. Maybe you want to get your health back. Maybe financial opportunity. Maybe it's a bit. What do you want to get back? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to get something back. Someone say it like you got energy. Someone say, I'm going to get something back. I like you. Something big is going to happen for you. For real. Stand up for a minute. Stand up. I was at the Padre game the other night. I caught a foul ball in the first inning. Isn't that dope? Oh, you're awesome. You're, you're a sweetheart. Just lift your hands. Something great's going to happen for you. Lord, I thank you, even as he was offering that kindness to me. I thank you, Father, for favor. You're going to raise him up, and his people around him, and even family members are going to say, how did he start walking into all that blessing? He's going to become a Joseph to his family. They see him in the middle now, but they don't see where you're about to take him. God said, I've, you've let me do some surgery in your heart over the last two years. I've removed, I've removed as a surgeon things that would cripple you and stop you, things that you went through in boy issues that you carried into manhood. But now you've become a man, and I've raised you up. And yes, your hair is growing again just like Samson. Watch as I begin to give you a new beginning, and you're going to have great victories in your life, great victories in your life, Great victories in your life. Victories with people. Victories economically. Victories in your mind, in your emotion, in your soul. Victory, victory, victory. Everywhere you walk, victory, victory, victory. Everywhere you walk, hear this. I pray your spirit hears my, my crazy mouth all day long. Victory, 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 victory. And watch as I prove and I disappoint your critics. I'm going to disappoint your critics. There's two of them. I see one of them as a man, and I see the other one as a woman. I'm going to disappoint your critics, and I'll vindicate it. And the woman will say, I was wrong. The man, his heart is hard. He won't see it for a while. But the woman will come back and say, I was wrong. Please forgive me, and there will be peace. Look at the work that I've done. It will speak loud through you in this season. Watch how powerful. David runs to God. He runs to God, and he says, God, I need a word. And I'll end with this right here before I pray for people. I need a word. I need a word. 
There was a girl named Marina Chapman. I'll end with a story tonight. Marina Chapman, five years old in, in Columbia. Watch this, watch this, all eyes on me, watch. In Columbia, five years old, all she remembers is being in the backyard. Suddenly a hand came across her mouth with a white glove. They stole her and took her in the back of a car, ripped her from her home. They took her to the middle of a jungle in Columbia and they left her there. I don't know who else was in the car, they left her there. She didn't know what to do. She's five years old. She was walking around. Mommy, 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 I'm alone. She heard the noises all in the jungle. Mommy, mommy, but nobody came. Night fell on that whole entire jungle. She didn't know what else to do. So she lied down underneath a branch. She cried out, mommy, mommy, I'm scared. But no mommy ever came. The next day she walked endlessly hungry, a little exhausted five-year-old little girl. She walked. She started crying out, Mama, Mama, come. No, Mama, come. She was left alone in the middle of a jungle of Columbia. All of a sudden, she fell asleep, exhausted, no food, no water. Little five-year-old little girl, she should be watching Dora the Explorer. Peppa Pig, come on, somebody. She's in the middle of a jungle, all by herself, left by the drug lord, soft, soft behind me. She's sitting there. She falls asleep, and when she wakes up, she's surrounded by monkeys, big ones, small ones, old ones, young ones, and they surrounded her, and they made all kinds of sounds, and it scared her to death. And she started, Mama, 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 nothing happened. One of the big monkeys came and swatted her on the side. Then the other monkeys started to come and put their hands in her hair and gouge on her face. Finally, they kept messing with her, and she said, stop it, leave me alone, little five-year-old. Some of you ought to do that with the devil. When she did it, it stopped the monkeys from doing it. Remember, you got the power, and the devil knows it, that if you'll actually use the name of Jesus, he's got to obey you. Some of you don't believe it. You get what you tolerate. I guess if you can tolerate those devils being around, they'll be around. If you can tolerate addiction, you'll get more of it. If you can tolerate, come on, having diabetes, you'll stay doing the same things that keep messing with diabetes. If you can tolerate being depressed, you'll get more of it. I prophesy to you. You get what your faith expects. This little five-year-old girl says, stop it. And the monkey stopped. Over time, she would follow the monkeys. She saw that they could get water from the leaves, and so she did it to get water. How they would get berries and nuts. Weeks turned into, days turned into weeks. Weeks turned into months. Months turned into years. No human contact. Nobody coming to save her. Within a year, she learned the monkeys were okay with her being around in the trees. She learned to crawl on all four. She learned how she had to stop communicating and learned, stopped her language. She started walking on all four, operating as a monkey, living in the middle of a tree. But something happened one day. In her fifth year of being by herself in the jungle, living amongst monkeys, communicating with monkeys, she saw a shiny thing on the ground. John, she went down on the shiny thing on the ground, and there it was. She picked this thing up. She looked at the shiny thing. Thank you for letting me use your notebook. I'll sweat all over it. She picked up this, this shiny thing, and she looked at it, and she got scared, thought it was another kind of a creature, a monster. And she threw it down. She got nervous, went back up in the tree. Then she came back down to retrieve it. She picked it up, and when she looked at it, two eyes were looking back at her. 
Two ears were looking back at her. A mouth was looking back. A nose. It was a mirror that one of the hunters had somehow fallen from them. And for the first time, she was able to see herself in a mirror that she wasn't a monkey and she wasn't a product of her environment around her. She was able to see in the mirror that she was something different. She didn't know what she was. She just knew what she was not. Something happens when you get into the mirror of God's word. You might have been stolen. Things might have been stolen from you. But when you get into the mirror, the Bible says the word of God is a mirror. That when you look into it, 2 Corinthians 3, 6 through 18, it'll transform you from glory to glory, strength to strength, freedom to freedom. James 1 talks about the word of God being a mirror. Don't forget what manner of person. When you look into the mirror, you start to see who God made you to be. He starts to say, you know what? You're blessed beyond a curse. You're restored. You have a sound mind, even if you feel like your mind's going crazy. You're healed, even if the report says you're sick. You're forgiven, even if your behavior says you're sinful. You're righteous, even if you feel condemned in your mind. When you look into the mirror of God's word, it begins to tell you that's not who you are anymore. David ran to the refuge and he got a revelation. He started to begin to encourage himself and praise. Like Mary, she took an alabaster box. She broke it in John chapter 12. And when she did, all the other disciples said, stop worshiping him that way. Stop honoring him that way. How could you do this? You wasted all of this. Jesus says, leave her alone. She's done a great work. But it says when she broke that alabaster box and that oil and that aroma came out, your praise will cost you something. Your worship, come on. It's a sacrifice sometimes of praise. Why? Because usually your greatest breakthroughs, they don't happen when somebody else prays for you. It happens when you lift up your hands and you say in the middle of your hell, in the middle of your hurt, in the middle of your fear, in the middle of a bad diagnosis. Come on, Charles, you know what I'm talking about. In the middle of a hell, God, you're able. God, you're good. God, I love you. Lord, I praise you. As she began to pour out that oil, it says the house was filled with that aroma. It was filled. The atmosphere changed and shifted. Many of you are waiting for heaven to come down. But what if it started to come out with your praise? All of a sudden, David had a new perspective. And out of that praise, it says, go and pursue and conquer. And you're going to take something back. Some of you are going to get aggressive. Look at me for a minute. You're going to get aggressive in praising. There's times in my life that I've hurt the most. And it didn't take somebody just giving me a word. Someone laying hands on me, which is wonderful. It took me going outside by myself in the middle of the night, driving in a car, lifting up my hands. Jesus, I thank you you're the finisher of my faith. You that began a good work, it doesn't look good right now, but if it's not good, it's not done yet because you're gonna finish all things well. You're the potter, I'm the clay. You're my refuge, you're my healer, you're my way of escape, you're my one that saves me to the uttermost, you're the one that's working in me, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I begin to praise you. And as you begin to praise, something happens. I did that with Miss Universe, and I end with this story. She was in a coma for over two weeks. Her son was an MMA fighter. He took me into the hospital. I remember going in there, and I didn't know what to do. She was in a bad situation, 
And then I remember sitting there and he goes, man, can you help my mama? Can you help my, he had big old muscles. He goes, can you help my mama? I seen you help other people with cancer and things and the guy healed. Can you help my mama? And I remember being in that room and what I did was smart. I took my eyes off looking at that girl and I closed my eyes. And I lifted up my hands. Doctors around, I didn't care. Sometimes you gotta get to the point where you know what, I'm tired of feeling like hell. I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of being addicted. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being tormented. I'm tired of being a Christian without any victory. I'm tired of being and serving without any anointing. I'm tired of being regular. I'm tired of being mediocre. I'm tired of feeling like hell. Come on. You need to get real about your life and be honest about I don't like this anymore. You get disruptive. When you disrupt your current, you access your future. You can't change your future till you disrupt your present. I lifted my hands and began to praise in the midst of everything in there. That doctor probably thought, what a freaking moron. God, you're able. God, you're good. God, I love you. Jesus, you're the name above all this. Lord, you're the way maker. You're the one that parted the Red Sea. You're the one that brought down the, jaw, the walls of Jericho. You're the one that raised Jairus' little girl from the dead. You're the God that raised the little boy at Nain from the dead. You're the God that multiplies the little boy's lunch. You're the God whose shadow healed the whole city through Peter. You're my God. You're present. You're a present help. And that woman reached up and pulled my arm and grabbed it down. A woman that had been in a coma for two and a half weeks. In the middle of what I was praising. Now when I was praying, praying, praying my heart out, God, please. Now when I was just prophesying, thus says the Lord, it wasn't that time. It was when I lifted up my hands. God inhabits the praises of his people. Can you give me 20 seconds and praise God like you got energy? Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout. I'm done speaking. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Shout with a voice to triumph. Shout with a voice to triumph. Shout like you're healed. Shout like you're blessed. Shout like your kids turning around. Someone's shoulder just got healed. You've had pain in your right shoulder. Someone's shoulder, move your shoulder, man. Watch what happens. Boom, be healed. Ooh, what just happened? Where'd all that pain go? <laughs> Someone, you've had pain in your upper thigh, too. You've had pain in your upper thigh area, like in the cheap seats, the very, very back. Lord, thank you for healing flowing best seats. You ain't joking. You're the best, man. Man, I love you. You're a great guy. Come on. Lord, thank you for healing flow all through your mortal body. Flow, you're going to feel a warmth go through you. One, two, three. Flow all the way through his mortal body. I thank you in Jesus' name for restoration of health over him. Thank you, God, that you're giving a comeback, a, not just a get back, a comeback, a return to her stature, significance, and excellence, repair, healing, and wholeness, a comeback. This is comeback season, restoration season. I thank you, Father, over his life. You're going to have a really happy ending. I know that there's a bad connotation to saying that, but God's going to give you a great second half of your life. You're going to end strong. 
You're going out with strength. Your, your life's getting stronger and stronger. You're going to feel the strength of the Lord. He's not just going to give you strength. He's going to be your strength. <sighs> Diabetic, there's people with insulin problems in here. Just raise your hand. Insulin, insulin problems. Just raise your hand. Guitar, people over here. If you see someone's hand, just put your hand on their shoulder. Just for a second, put your hand on their shoulder. I got you all. Come on, if you ever see somebody with their hand up, put your hand on their shoulder because you care. Because you care. Come on, you become good at what you practice. Frequency determines your fortune. You want to become fortunate in something? Come on, start praying for people. You want to be good at praying for people? Pray more for them. Lord, let healing flow. I pray, Lord, you go into the blood, the insulin levels, a creative miracle healing right now. I rebuke diabetes. No strokes. I forbid strokes, diabetic strokes and heart attacks and blood clots. I pray in Jesus' name you would dissolve them. There's someone with a blood clot, I believe, in your leg. Somewhere, who has a blood clot in your leg? You do? You do? You've had that? Okay, come here. I like you. Who are you? Lily, you're super cute. Stand up with cool Nikes on. Okay. Come here. I want you. I want to help. You're gonna help me pray for. And you got on your Nike. Come on, I love it. You got your blazers on. Hey. Shouldn't we teach them how to do it rather than just talk about it? Thanks for being gracious too. I'm 15 minutes over. Can you give me 10 minutes? Y'all good with that? We have to help bless those teachers that are handling your kids. Come on, you all know your kids can be a little funky. Dennis the Menace, come on, you know that they could be a little bit off. Okay, so we're gonna pray for him because we don't want him to have, and I'm sorry, I'm sweaty, but we don't, we don't want him to have that blood clots anymore, okay? So I wanna put your hand on his shoulder because you can do it too. Come here. Yeah, yeah, you can take, there girl. What's your name, by the way? Lily. Lily, okay, hold this microphone. Okay, I want you to release healing and pray for him out of your heart. Who cares everybody else is around? Pray for him. Father God, I come in this moment right now. I ask that you heal this man. Whatever he's going through, all the blood clots in his leg are gone. They're gone. And he's going to be healed forever now, Father God. And no matter what is going on in his life, he's going to be healed. In the power of your name. Whoa. Hello. Yikes. Okay, watch. Who else do you want to call out? Who do you want to pray for? There's someone that's felt really, really sad because they went through a lot of loss. It might ever be like you were, you were pregnant and then you lost a child and that sadness has not left you. You still feel it. If there, if you're, it could be that. There's somebody that just feels really, really sad. Can, is that you, sir? Is that you? A family? As a family? You lost a child. Would you guys come to the front? Keep it real soft on the music. Thank you, guys. Help me help my friends get down here. Thank you guys for awesome. So cool. You're awesome. Recently? Last year. Last year. Yeah. Can you stretch your hands to these wonderful people? And we're going to put our hands on their shoulders just because we care. This is comeback season. 
I thank you for their beautiful child that is in heaven. I thank you that they'll meet one day, but I thank you, Father, for what you're about to give them to, Lord, in the earth. I thank you tonight that, Lord, supernaturally sadness would lift off. I thank you sadness would lift off. There you girl. You were releasing that. You're going to feel warmth go through your hand. Boom, flow through, boom. Shh, blow through her. Thank you, God. Let healing just flow all through their soul. And thank you for being beauty, beauty, beauty where there's been that pain. Restore their soul. There's a lot of people, if you're just hurting in your soul, be honest. There's times I've answered my own altar call. I'm just telling the truth. I've hurt like hell, but had to get up there for other people. And God says that you go make it happen for other people. I've been the one up there too. When I had to say it on, on God's behalf, I'm like, yo, don't forgive me. If you're hurting in your soul, just lift your hand. Look at all of our, look at all these wonderful people. You're doing so good, Lily. Lord, let healing flow over people right now. If you see someone's hand up, put your hand on their shoulder because you care. Jesus, we thank you for restoration, recovery, recovery. I pray for restoring people's soul and their mind. I thank you tonight. People are going to come off of, Lord, medications tonight that have numb pain. People are going to come off that tonight. They're not going to numb themselves out anymore. We're going to get healed and get whole so they can taste life and taste and see the goodness of God and feel again. Lord, let every person in here where they've a bruised reed, you said a bruised life, you don't break it. That bruise is hurts when you're bruised, but I thank you, God, for taking the sting out of the bruise and restoring life to people, healing to people, wholeness to people. Boom, take that. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Jesus, I thank you. You're restoring my life. Thank you for the comeback. It's better than I imagined. Now watch this. Here he comes. Here he comes. You're going to feel like almost like a wind. And come over you, and he's going to start talking to you. One, two, three. Flow, Holy Spirit. Boom. Whew, there it is. Anxiety goes. Neurological disorders are being cured and fixed right now. Chronic panic attack. There's someone who you've been in almost like a panic attack for like two years. It's been like 18 months. Where is that? If you've had that like and you feel like you've been in a constant state of panic in my body, the adrenaline and the anxiety has been so strong for two years. Would you come up, my love? I won't embarrass you. I'll be very gracious to you. I care. It's free, and I care because I know what it's like to have that pain. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your honesty. You stand right here. Could someone just join me? Be real gentle with my friend. I'm not going to let you fall down. Jesus, I thank you for lifting that off right now. You're going to feel freedom, and you're going to sleep, and you're going to feel like you got yourself back. I cancel this plan against you, and this PTSD, I break its power over you. I bring you under, I bring you into God's presence with me right now. Be free from this right now. Just peace over your soul, your mind. New dopamine be released throughout her body, her brain. I thank you for lowering supernaturally every bit of cortisol. 
And I thank you for bringing healing all throughout her bones, her joints, her ligaments, her nervous system. No fibromyalgia. Your hands are going to work. Your arms are going to work. And that fear that something tragic is going to happen to you, I break it. I break that. I break that. I break that today. And I thank you, God, that she's safe in Jesus' name. Watch how cool this is. Just lift up your hands. Holy Spirit, you're going to feel it go all through your body. Every bit of that. He's right there with you. Nothing crazy is going to happen. Boom. Flow through her. Soft. See, you can follow things up. Come on. I see trees of green. Red roses too, I see them bloom for me and you. I think to myself in God's presence, what a wonderful world. Isn't that cool? Come on. I see skies. Come on. I see skies of blue. I won't go into all of you. You don't know the words. Come on. <laughs> but man, Pray for the some person next to you just for a couple seconds. Is I want to see just for a second here before I before I end. You guys have been so awesome. We're gonna end with a strong. Is there someone here by the name of Rock or Rocky? It's like a tag name. A rock or a Rocky? Is your name Rocky? It's your nickname. Isn't that weird? A nickname named Rocky. Isn't that cool? I was praying in tongues. Look at what came. Watch how wild this is. It's what people call you. Your comeback season, Rocky, is here. It's your season to rise. And this is what I saw. I saw a person in the middle of tar. Tar and dark ash. And I saw this person coming alive out of it. They looked like they had been submerged in something and they couldn't get out of it. And the Lord is saying, watch what I will redeem before your very eyes. I'm about to resurrect things that look like they have been submerged in tar. It would look as if the enemy has had his way. In fact, when you've looked in the mirror, your natural mirror, you thought, oh my gosh, I'll never be able to. And God says you looked into the mirror of his word tonight. And he says, I see you rising out of ash because it's my spirit that formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into him. So even this night, says the Lord, I pull and pour out my spirit. I sent my servant to call you by name, Rocky, by the nickname Rocky, and I sent to tell you tonight that I am bringing you up out of the ash and out of the midst of tar, and yes, I'm beautifying you, and you'll experience my deliverance, my freedom, for what's before you is greater than what's behind you, and I have a surprise for you in the month of September, around September 25th, 24th, 25th, around right about that 25th. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus for the surprise you're bringing Rocky in her life, that this new chapter 
in her life has begun. This night, says the Lord, you're not going to shame yourself anymore. You're not going to be critical of yourself anymore. For God clothing you with new garments on your life. And there will be new angels around your life that have never been around your life before. That are going to bring you into this new season. I've closed the chapter. Stop opening it back up, says the Lord. That was then. This is now. And as you praise me, watch the increase I shall bring, says the Lord. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. That's awesome. Is there a Gabe, a Gabe, a Gabe, a Gabriel, a Gabe? Where's a Gabe? Gabe, you have the high sign with the cowboy hat? What a freaking boss. It's the way we do things, I guess, at the central campus. Let's get down, let's get down. Come on. All right, Lord, I thank you for Gabe's life. Is it Gabriel and you go by Gabe? Yeah, okay. Lord, I thank you for what you have for him. I thank you for contracts and opportunities that are going to come his way in this fourth quarter. It's going to happen in the early part of November of this year, says the Lord. Watch what I'll bring you. I'm proud of you. I've watched how you've raised up and spoke life into the younger ones. And I've watched you begin to begin to pour in on yourself and other people's lives on my behalf. That's not gone unnoticed in heaven, says the Lord. For even as you've mentioned me before man, I've mentioned you. Is it not written in the book of Malachi that when people talk about me and use my name, says Jesus. I write books about them. I write books about them. I write books about what things that are about to happen in their life. And know that even as you've honored me and you've desired to serve me, watch what I shall bring you contractually. That'd be an economic blessing to you. But I'm going to open up new arena for you to serve. And I'm going to open your mouth and you're going to teach life lessons. And a leadership gift's going to come out of you. A leadership gift's going to come out of you. A leadership gift's going to come out of you. And it's going to pull maturity. It's going to make men out of boys. It's going to make strength out of weakness. And I will prophesy through your mouth and you will see miracles happen. People that are bound will be instantly freed as you speak. And it won't be your gift. It will be your heart that loves. For you know what it's like to hurt much and you know what it's like to be loved much. And I will use your love as my secret sauce. And I will bring you into places and then it will expand. Watch what will happen. It will expand where other places will want you to come in and speak for I will raise you up this way and I give you this message ahead of time so when it comes to pass you know that man did not raise you up but I raise you up says the Lord and I will fulfill my good word to you give the Lord a clap and a shout wow there's a like a is somebody have a boss named Brent? Brent, you do? Brent. I mean, someone's yelling in my, the Lord's yelling in my ear, Brent. You have a boss named Brent. You're Brent too. Snap, this is a good night to be Brent. Look, I've got a Brent up in the cheap seats too. This is dope. I love this. Lord, thank you for all the wealth being released on these Brents. Thank you for economic, thank you, Father, that, Lord, there'd be great, great wealth and opportunity. I pray in stewardship over all of these Brents. I thank you they would deal wisely, deal with integrity, deal, Father, with wisdom, and they would carry the trustment. I thank you for wealth over their lives, wealth over their businesses, wealth of the presence of God over their families. 
I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. There's a young person here. You've been writing lyrics. I see it right here. I'm looking at something. You've been writing like poetry and lyrics. Have you really? Like song, like phrases and stuff like that, or poetry, poems? Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. This is the wildest thing. Who would have, and you too? I'll pray for you too. Hold it. Let's lift your hands, my love. Lord, I thank you for accelerating that. I think you're going to feel a tingling even on your fingers. I thank you, Father, for a creative release, a creative release of the Spirit of God. Lord, upon her life, I thank you that you'd bring these things, you'd bring these ideas to fruition. You would show them where to insert them, and they would the idea would get its wings. Like Orville and Wilbur, they moved or they positioned it to be able to get the wind so that the airplane could get off. I pray they would find, Lord. I pray that these people, as they're writing, I pray they're doing these things. I pray lyrics and messages and insights and revelations, it would get its wings. They'd be able to find the right place to get off the ground. In Jesus' name. I felt like when I prayed for you, I prayed for you a couple, like by four months ago, five months ago. I can feel this. I can feel this. Your prayers are, mean. I know this is a natural thing, but you touch a part of the heart of God when you pray. There's a sensitivity and a closeness between you and Jesus that's, that's rare. There's a purity about what you, who you are. The Lord's protected that purity. There's an innocence in you, and that's where you're strong. I thank you that you're going to hear his whispers, and they're going to become louder. I thank you that, Lord, I'm asking you to do something, too. I pray you'd begin to give her dreams about the things that she's going to do at 18 and 19 and 20 and 21. I thank you for an ordered path, that you're ordering her steps. She's taking the steps, so therefore you can order them. In Jesus' name. I thank you for the revelation on you. Where's your beautiful sister? Come here, my love. Let me pray for you real quick. Lord, I thank you for the incredible fall she's going to have, and then there's going to be a little bit of a lull. Don't be nervous. I'm going to shift some things for you. It's going to come around the barren months of December and January. Don't be hasty. I'm going to position things so that around January 16th, all of a sudden, when things begin to move, you will take off and shoot like a rocket ship, and you will emerge from the pack, a new pack. You will emerge from a new pack. You will emerge from a new pack, for my excellence is upon you. My excellence is upon you. And you're going to feel a presence that's going to come to you. It's going to be my presence. It's going to come when you're laying down at night. I'm going to come and I'm going to put thoughts in your mind. They're going to be God thoughts, God's ideas. And they're going to take great root in your heart. You're going to feel closer to me, says the Lord. My hand is upon you to do you good. I won't fail you in this matter. I want to pray for you. Where's that other gentleman? Where's that gentleman? Lord, open the doors for what he's writing. I pray to come to the surface, let it accelerate and increase. In fact, I pray that over every person here, divine acceleration of purpose. Under this power, I pray for divine acceleration of those ideas. And Lord, I thank you for clarity, like he would see it. Word pictures, word pictures, prophetic word pictures, prophetic word pictures over him. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Over his life, the gifts of the Spirit to flow. In Jesus' name.
Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.